Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always is my brother Brennan. Together we make movies with DBS Films. Today's episode, we're going into the very last part six of our day-by-day breakdown of our 15th feature film. That is The Girl in Cabin 14. It's the working title right now. So always be sure to take a look at our movies online. We have movies for our fans, with our fans. If you ever want to be in the movie-making process, then our Discord is the place to be. Also be sure to take a look at our movies online. We have Horror in the Forest right now. If you give it a rent and review allows us to continue to do what we love get more opportunities more people on set so it really means the world to each and every one of us so we do appreciate it that being said let us hop into our day-by-day breakdown so right now we really have one more day um we do have a lot of stuff but we still kind of basically have one more day uh at this point in time it is a uh few scenes that are connecting the big one is uh carl with the the fire so using carl for the torches and then uh brendan's scene and tanner's scene as well as getting all of tanner's adr and all of that fun stuff so it's kind of a lot of things uh boiled together i did unfortunately have another need to be somewhere so i had to be in south florida so i had a six hour drive and a cutoff time of 2 a.m um but you know, I think this is kind of the standard, uh, this is kind of the standard, um, you know, filmmaking process where I feel like the amount of days you have, the shoot will kind of extend itself to those amount of days. Uh, at first, we were basically had pretty much nothing here, but we kind of keep pushing things over here and there. So I would say not really too panicked. I wasn't looking forward to the drive, but I feel like we weren't really stressed out. We basically had a good handle on where we were at. How are you feeling coming into the last day? I think actually the only thing we were worried about was cleaning. But other than that, I feel like we had the kind of production element down. Yeah, I felt pretty good. I know we had a lot to do, but I mean, we started right away. We started hustling. Um, I knew the fire stuff was big and we did that for a long time. Um, and my prediction was that we'd finish and wrap at 530 in the morning. And that's right when we finished and wrapped. So I don't know. I honestly think there is some kind of mental trick in there where the time that you say you're going to wrap is a time that just it, everyone just kind of motivated to finish at that time. Um, so it did take longer than I thought I would have liked to finish by three o'clock, but we did have the one special effects scene, which Brendan's death that we kept pushing off and pushing off and pushing off. Every single movie has one scene where we're pushing it off. Um, and we got to the end and I'm really upset that I did push it off because we did find out that the scene that was supposed to happen was unable to happen because, uh, we basically have a silicone mask and it's very difficult to pull these things off. That scene required one character to remove a mask while also holding a camera. It would have been a mess. Um, So I really wanted to try that scene. I thought it would have been really cool, but it didn't work out. Um, The one we have in there is decent now. I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But, um, you know, I definitely could have something better. And I think we could have problem solved or figured something uh, something else out if we would have done this earlier. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, the fact that we got it done, once again, I think the kill, and once again, props to Tegan to figure out a different way to kind of do this stuff. I think we got a really cool scene, a really cool kill in there um, that's going to look really cool. So I think, uh, you know, all in all, it was good. It was just, you don't really want to end with a special effect because it just adds to the cleaning. And, you know, we started, we wrapped at 530. We did a small little celebration 
but the cleaning process took about two or three hours. It was very intensive. Um, you know, it just was not good, especially when everyone was tired. Um, so we're still working on the cleaning part of, you know, getting all this stuff cleaned up and everything. But for the most part, getting the movie done, I feel like we have everything we possibly need, except for the final epilogue stuff. But Isabella does live uh, close to us, so we're going to probably take care of that in December. Um, but I mean, I felt really good at this point. You know, I was tired, but I feel like this was, you know, as much as the budget of Bigfoot and how much we put into Bigfoot and how much, you know, talent and assets and money we put into Bigfoot, I do feel like this one probably will have larger or may look like a larger production just because of all the stuff and the special effects the cabin was fantastic and just the extreme pace of it i really think is gonna is gonna look really good so i'm definitely interested to see how it plays out i'm excited to go back to this concept but you know we came in there we knocked it out you know i can't ask for anything more we finished with a with all the footage that I believe we need, um, I'm really hoping we don't have to do pickups. So I'm going to knock on wood, but you know, I feel, I feel really good with this one. The drive home, it, you know, is nice. I was tired, but uh, you know, it was the weight off my shoulders that we did get, you know, number 15 done. That is always a great feeling. And with that, again, you know, huge shout out to everyone who is part of this uh, production cast and crew. But again, it is a massive team effort when it comes to making something like this happen. And, you know, they all stepped up, they showed up and they did an amazing job. So that being said, I kind of wanted to hop into, you know, what we're kind of expecting from the girl in cabin 14. And to me, it's usually something of, you know, I feel like when you watch a movie in production, you kind of in the back of your head have a, oh, I like this, oh, I don't like this, I'm kind of curious. So I think the first thing I want to talk about is, and this I think stems from Bigfoot a little bit, but I think, you know, when Bigfoot comes out, when Girl in Cabin 14 comes out, I think we might start seeing this model happen a little bit more. And that's really kind of the additional character quests. Um, and I think what that is, is using characters strategically for pacing. And I think we've kind of done it slightly with the hateful eight in areas poorly, like very poorly. Um, I mean, we had interviewers for um, the uh, haunting the suicide house, which surprise, surprise was one of our better performing ones. So there you go. That might be something. But if you look at like into the forest, um, you know, they only really talk to one other person and then Nelson. Um, they do talk to the park ranger. But again, when you talk to Nelson, when you talk to park ranger, besides Nelson kind of going out there, nothing really happens where I feel like what we have now is people kind of get introduced and then get murdered and then get introduced and then get murdered and then get introduced and then get murdered or something bad happens. So I'm really curious about this, but I just felt like because we had so much more special effects and murders, we now have almost this cool thing going where you'll meet a character, character will progress the plot, and then character gets killed. And I think that will kind of be a new staple, I think, moving forward as we see the Bigfoot pan out and as we see Girl in Cabin 14. Are you kind of getting that same vibe too when it comes to our productions? Because I feel like that's really escalating the pacing. Yeah, and I, I think it's definitely something that we kind of learned. Um, like, once again, we kind of figure this stuff out subconsciously. I think looking back at the Roger Project, The Cold Grave, um, very happy with that movie. Um, to be able to make a movie with that kind of budget and to have it be go live and stream on all these platforms is just unbelievable. Um, so shout out to Ben. He did a phenomenal job on that one. Um, I'm super proud of that movie. But I think... The beginning lags just a little bit. I think that's going to be the feedback from that one. 
And it's just because it's one character. And I think Ben did his best job he could to basically carry this movie, but that's, it's an impossible task. And I think we kind of subconsciously realized that with the Bigfoot project where they're kind of moving, you know, throughout this journey with multiple characters but even with Bigfoot, I think it did lag a little bit. If you look at Horror in the Forest, I think the biggest issue with that movie, when people complain about the pacing, which I i mean, if you watch a lot of found footage movies, nothing really happens up to the end. So I kind of take that with a grain of salt. But there is a slowdown between Nelson and then uh, the Officer Reynolds character. That's about eight minutes of dialogue that's pretty much mockumentary style narration to the camera. And there's really nothing to split that stuff up. So... You know, when you kind of have that kind of stuff, I think you could slow down the movie. I think Girl in Cabin 13, the biggest thing I wanted to test out with this one was just have really short scenes. Every single scene in this movie is about a minute long. I don't think there's one scene that's over a minute. Maybe the um, the property manager scene where he's explaining the lore. But for the most part, everything, the cuts are quick. Everything's fast. And I want to see if we can manipulate and speed up the movie that way. And I think that's something that we want to, you know, kind of highlight, but one of the ways you can do that in a cool way is by having these characters in here. And I think more characters, more locations, everything kind of adds to the budget, adds to the production value, but obviously we're on a budget. So finding new locations is probably just not something we can do, but adding new characters, bringing on people from the Discord, having more people on set, especially if we can get them in and get them out is something that we can do and something that, um, you know, we're going to look to continue to do moving forward. So speaking of, you know, that pacing product, again, agree with everything there. I think one thing we're going to see is uh, potentially the use specifically of found footage movies. I think you're going to see this torture scene style again. I think uh, just because it allows us to do special effects and cut away, I think that's going to be a winner of it. And again, I think this is something that, was learned throughout the process. I think we learned this through these four found footage movies that we've made. And now we're starting to, you know, really kind of solidify them in our minds as things. But again, if you look at it, it started with the, is this a snuff film in horror in the forest? Then it kind of progressed from there. We're actually using it, be able to use it as a pickup in certain degrees. And kind of, again, we're using it with Ben um, reacting in the Ouija, but I think we really leaned into this one. And also in kind of in Bigfoot, there's a slight element there. But I think the difference with this one is we really lean to one where it is more of a cinematic style special effect, where in the cinematic style special effect, you're just kind of like, all right, we're rolling, go play with it and see if you can make it look like something cool. And then we'll use that couple of minutes. So I think the big difference with Girl in Cabin 14 is if this style works, then it allows us to embrace the cinematic benefits, which are the cuts between the different angles what are your thoughts on how that might play out yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a cheat i think we uh did it well in horn forest i think uh roger project does it very very well where each scene is kind of its own little short um but once again we don't have the cutbacks and i think that's definitely the difference between um you know what we we're doing before and what we're doing now uh, but I think it's going to play back. It's just easy to do it. I'm a big believer and fan of anthology uh, horror movies and you have a wraparound plot and you have little eight minute shorts. I definitely think we're probably going to end up testing that out next year just because I think it's something cool. Uh, and, you know, it, that's, it's just we're we're sharpening our blade on figuring out how to get this stuff done. 
And I thought that the scene in um, A Cold Grave where it's Ray and Kaylee doing the Ouija board is really, really well done. I thought it turned out fantastic. Um, I thought that in Bigfoot tagging scene turned out fantastic. And I'm sure that the the ones in this one, because we have two uh, cutaway scenes in this one, I think both are going to be really, really cool. It adds in, once again, new characters, new little scenes. And just a little bit of foreshadowing when you're watching something that happened in the past that could happen in the future, to me, is kind of a cool little trait that we can include in these movies. Exactly that. Um, and I'm, you know, again, leaning into that one as being one of the, the bigger benefits when it comes to, um, you know, understanding how we can use scenes like that to get the best of cinematic styles when it comes to the cuts and really improve that. I think the next thing I'm really curious about, because again, my biggest gripe with the girl in cabin 13 is there is no plot. It is. I mean, again, you can say, Oh, there is a plot. There's no details. That's like the most surface level thing ever. And we actually go into detail and confusing people. Um, Cause it's like, yeah, you get to make whatever plot you want. Great. That sounds fun. You know what I mean? I'll let you do that. I'm a fan more solid of a plot in the sense of details and i think it's something we continue to see but the hard part is is what is the way that you can give these details in an engaging way i think bigfoot is done really really well i'm kind of curious about this one because we i feel like we kind of tiptoe around what's actually happening again i as mentioned in the the earlier process i would have loved another character to sit down and really be like, let me tell you what happened to these folks in this land to really kind of drive home a plot there. But that being said, it is a big step up from girl in cabin 13. So I'm kind of curious about the level of plot and, you know, where that's going to be. What's kind of your thoughts after, you know, being through the process, how do you think the overall plots again, home invasion is a great one. You know, I think we finally have a reason for them to be out there with the film, um, you know, process, which is not, you know, oh, let's just go take a vacation, which is a huge, huge benefit. But what are kind of your thoughts now on how the plot might be received for girl on cabin 14? Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, people say this stuff, but I think it kind of goes back to, all right, we have a low production, you know, we have low production value and the movie's decent. And then people's brains are like, all right, well, what's wrong with this movie? And then it just kind of goes back to, oh, what's the, you know, what's the motivation of the mass killers? And I mean, if you look at all the home invasion movies, none of them bring up their motivation. What was the motivation of the people in Strangers? Like there's, it's just not addressed. Um, but that being said, you know, I listen to feedback and we're going to add in, sprinkle in a little bit of stuff. Um, so we do have, you know, motivation for them to be doing this. There is a little bit of lore in there. But once again, I I think it's going to be a good split test between this one and Bigfoot. Bigfoot, we kind of develop it a little bit more. We have multiple people say, like, what's going on with the Bigfoot? Like, why is it doing this kind of stuff? And then this one, we kind of sprinkle it, but we don't really dwell on it. And I definitely want to see what's going on um, to see, you know, what is the mount? Because, yes, we can have another scene in there where someone sits down at a fire and narrates to the camera what exactly is going on. I think the problem is you're going to slow down the plot again. And I think that was the problem with Horror in the Forest was we probably did too much plot. For the first time, I think we probably did too much plot in that movie. People understood what was going on. But I think between, once again, some of that middle part of the movie was just repetitive stuff stuff that we could have shown um and then at the same time we still got a whole bunch of people being like what's the motivation of the witch it's like a, 
you're never you're never gonna win um what's the motivation of the shark and jaws you know um so i think uh it's finding the right balance and i really hope it's something we can figure out what we can kind of figure out and uh you know apply to further movies is how much we really need to touch on the killer's motivations or the motivations of the characters that you don't necessarily see um and you know, that's that I think is still going to be a sticking point, but I'm hoping that, you know, we kind of do it now and people like what we did Girl in Cabin 13 and it's enough to keep them, you know, happy with the overall lore of the plot. But I mean, for home invasion movies, there's only so much you can do. You can't really build up the character like you can in Bigfoot um, or the lore of the witch in, you know, horror in the forest uh murder house i thought we did a good job doing lore in that one but once again it's like you have something that can be built up with this one where it's supposed to be just a random crime um i don't know how much you can really basically uh you know elaborate on that too much before it's just like all right what's going on here again that is the balance you know, it's it's pretty tricky when it comes to uh, where it's at. And I do agree with you. You know, people will look at the movie and they'd be like, oh, what's up with the plot Um, in the sense of kind of feedback wise. So there's always that grain of salt tape with it. Um, That being said, it's going to be very curious. You know, I, I do think the the quest concept and, you know, having to meet more people and, and kind of having it progress like this and then, you know, using those people to potentially one, get murdered as special effects and then two, um, progress the plot it's kind of a win-win-win last thing i really kind of want to talk about though is you know after doing girl in cabin 13 now girl in cabin 14 um you know we kind of talked about it with horror in the forest we're not quite sure you know there is a movie there and we would definitely do it how are your thoughts on girl in cabin 15 um because you know i just feel like after doing this production it's a smooth one I think it's just always going to be such a fond concept with us in the sense of Girl in Cabin 13 really was the first one that kicked off the new era of DBS. Um, so what are your thoughts? You know, is this a concept that you do think would potentially find itself back on the feeder, especially, especially if we have uh, success with Girl in Cabin 14? Yeah, I think obviously if we have good success with this one, um, we'd probably take another shot, whether that's a found footage version again in this one or go back to cinematic. Um, I'm always down, but this is kind of a cool concept. We can execute it properly because we can kind of replace the mass men with a monster. I think you can also take the this the same thing and make it aliens. So you sort of have like a science esque cabin, uh, and have the aliens as the mass men. They're kind of like out there. They don't know what's going on. The power gets cut because the ship car doesn't work because they're gone. Um, there's a lot of things that we could possibly do with this one uh, that are cool. But I mean, it's just you know, pulling different stuff in there. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, sitting down in January, we're getting more data to see, you know, which ones we're going to kind of do the 3.0 versions of it, whether or not we're going to continue with some of this stuff or try and branch out in different directions. Because really by next year, we're going to have a good idea of whether or not we should do another Roger project, another Forest of Death, another horror in the forest, another girl in cabin 14 or another Bigfoot. Um, you know, all that data is super valuable. We can, you know, sit down and kind of figure out which ones we're going to kind of pick and choose from, you know, heading to next year. But either way, you know, anytime you make a movie, you learn and get so much better that we could pull elements from this movie and put them in other movies. Um, it doesn't need to be like this. Like I said, they could change the monsters. You could change the villains. We could do different things. 
um, just kind of give them, you know, a different, unique spin to it. And, you know, if people really, really like this one, I'm sure that we can find a way to just make it better. You know, even after shooting, I'm like, all right, you know, here's some things that I can make better, that we can shoot better, that I can be more prepared with. Um, and that just, you know, continues to prove our point that filmmaking, you have to make a lot of movies. Um, I just don't agree with the whole one movie a year, one movie every three years. I think that this is a skill. I think it needs to be sharpened. I think with each movie, we're getting better. Um, and I think that's just the general philosophy that, you know, I wish more filmmakers would kind of, uh, you know, basically explore. I don't see any data or anything in my mind from doing 15 movies that says more time makes a better movie or more money makes a better movie. If anything, it's been the opposite. Um, so I think you're better off making as many movies as you possibly can and kind of, you know, building that muscle over different genres over different uh, movies, diff with different cast, with different crew. Um, I think that's how you're going to, you know, become a better filmmaker. I definitely agree. Practice makes perfect. And unfortunately, due to the constraints of filmmaking, you don't really get a lot of practice. So this model has really allowed us to step it up. And hopefully you will agree, you know, just again, coming from the production style of things, it's one thing, but it'll be a little bit before we get this movie out there. So be sure to take a look, keep an eye peeled for our newest feature film coming out after Horror in the Forest, which is none other than A Cold Grave, which is the first movie of this year. Then we have The Bigfoot Project, which is the second. We have the Girl in Cabin 14 now, which is our third, and we are beginning the production process again for our fourth feature film this year. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it, but until then, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans, with our fans, and be sure to support us. All you got to do, rent and review the movie. It means the world to us, supports indie film, and allows us to continue doing what we love to do. But until then, have a good one, my friends.